Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Donald Trump has issued a formal statement as to the Chinese spy balloon that is flying over Montana. And that statement is, shoot down the balloon. Okay, thank you, Donald Trump. Uh, I, I agree. I don't care if it's civilian, military, or otherwise. I am confused as to why they have not taken action in removing this balloon. Now, here's the best part. We got a bunch more updates as to what this may be. We got a senator from Montana saying he thinks they're trying to track our ICBM capabilities, which is alarming. But don't worry. China assures us it is just a civilian scientific balloon of some sort. And, and it got blown off course. It's funny. Just uh, just one big accident that uh, a civilian balloon was tracking weather patterns or something like that. And it got blown off course and they regret the, 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 the situation. And it's just a coincidence. This is happening when China is mobilizing warships and jets uh, staging incursions into Taiwanese air defense zones, and they've been doing that for a while, but uh, ramping it up. And Taiwan is on high alert, mobilizing their fighter jets to defend against a potential Chinese incursion. Yeah, I'll tell you my fear. My fear is that China would make such a move only if they're preparing for an actual militaristic move. And uh, the analogy, or I, should, I suppose my, my argument is such, you get a criminal robbing a liquor store, you know, it's illegal to have the gun in these cities. I mean, it's stupid, mind you. I, I believe in the Second Amendment. But the law says, no, you can't have this. And they say, oh, OK, well, I'm planning on breaking the law anyway, so I don't care about that other law. China doesn't care if we get mad about this balloon because they're planning on engaging in a conflict with us anyway. That's the scary thought. Moves like this could be a sign they don't care what our response is because they know there will be a worse response if they actually try to invade and seize Taiwan. We have the statement from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of the People's Republic of China. They say, question, according to media reports, a Chinese unmanned airship has been spotted in U.S. airspace. Do you have any comment? Oh, a Chinese, the media reports said it was a Chinese unmanned airship. Uh, pretty sure every single media report said spy balloon. But uh, thank you, communist China. The airship is from China. It is a civilian airship used for research, mainly meteorological. Uh, affected by the westerlies and with limited self-steering capability, the airship deviated far from its planned course. 
the Chinese side regrets the unintended entry of the airship into U.S. airspace due to force majeure. The Chinese side will continue communicating with the U.S. side and properly handle this unexpected situation caused by force majeure. Oh, I, I think it's uh, uh, thank you for that. That's uh, very, very important. And I believe you. I, I, I complete I completely believe uh, China. You've got this uh, uh, Taiwan invasion alert. Island scrambles fighter jets, puts Navy on standby and activates missile systems in response to 34 Chinese jets and nine warships as NATO warns of a dangerous situation. So uh, Taiwan scrambling fighter jets, NATO's on high alert, and then a Chinese spy balloon flies over our nukes. Yeah. Whoa, power outage. Yeah, that's uh, what we have in Montana. So um, yeah, maybe maybe we should shoot the balloon down. It's kind of funny because Joe Biden apparently said he wanted, well, the reports are Joe Biden wanted to shoot it down, but the Pentagon said, no, no, there could be debris. Jack Posobiec last night was like, I don't believe it. And I believe Jack Posobiec. There's no reason not to take it, this balloon down. It's Montana. What's it going to do? Fall on a, a cattle or something? If that's the worst case scenario, probably nothing would happen. It would fall in a field. They have to recover it. Maybe piss off some guy who owns the land or something. But hey, better than letting them fly this near our nuclear, our ICBM missile sites and air force bases. So here we go. China urges America to stay cool headed. Stay cool, man. As it looks into Pentagon claims that one of its spy balloons has violated U.S. airspace over sensitive military sites in, in Montana. Canada probes second incident. You mean to tell me this keeps happening? Yet you're being spied on. Amazing. China has refused to deny it owns the spy balloon. While they said it was civilian now, U.S. officials are confident the balloon observed over the U.S. belongs to China, but the Chinese foreign ministry has urged against speculation while it investigates. Mount Ning, a spokesman for the Chinese foreign ministry, said until the facts are clear, making conjectures and hyping up the issue will not help to properly resolve it. China is a responsible country. And always abide strictly by international law. We have no intention of violating the territory or airspace of any sovereign country. It's just, for some reason, I don't believe them. Hmm. I wonder why that may be. Canadians are safe, and Canada is taking steps to ensure the security of its airspace, including the monitoring of a potential second incident. NORAD, the Canadian Armed Forces, the Department of National Defense, and other partners have been assessing the situation and working in close coordination. Canada's intelligence agencies are working with American partners and continue to take all necessary measures to safeguard Canada's sensitive information from foreign foreign intelligence threats. We remain in frequent contact with our American allies as the situation develops. Apparently, it's not the first time and there may be a second incident. So I will just say, um, uh, I, I think it's on purpose. I, I think China is, is spying on us. I just I got this weird feeling. I, I don't know why, what it is. He's got the weird feeling that China's just spying, huh? Come on. From Fox News, Montana Senator Danes alarmed at Chinese spy balloons says significant concern that ICBM fields targeted. I will stress this point again. Why would they send in a spy balloon? If China is preparing to invade Taiwan, they're going to want to monitor our Air Force response capabilities, particularly in Montana, which is one of the closer sites to China. Granted, it's on the other side of the planet, but you got to understand, I think actually from Montana, it might be faster to get to China going north. I could be wrong as opposed to west, but uh, probably relatively close proximity. And they want to know if we are going to be scrambling in response to what Taiwan is doing. 
We should never have tolerated this. If Donald Trump was president, you would have gotten some crazy story about a balloon exploding over Montana. And Trump would be like, well, they, they sent a balloon and we, we shut it down immediately, sending the jets. Instead, what do we get? Joe Biden being like, come on, man, you know, I can't think I can do it. You know, can't do it. All Pentagon set debris. To be honest, if Trump was president, the balloon never would have come anywhere near the United States, no matter what. Trump, would, there'd be a bunch of warships outside of China if this happened. That's the one thing about Trump. Two things. One, you know, we've talked about quite a bit in that Donald Trump said to uh, Xi Jinping and to uh, Vladimir Putin, he said to Putin, if you invade Ukraine, I will nuke Moscow. And, and Putin's like, is, is, he, is he serious? Like, is he, for, is he for real? And Trump apparently gave a statement where he was like, well, the other thing was he told Xi Jinping, if you take Taiwan, I will nuke, I will destroy Beijing. And he said, I don't know if they believed me, maybe, maybe only 5%, but that 5% is enough. He's, he's right. Man, Trump, all, you know, I got to tell you, for all the bad things the media did in smearing Donald Trump, it's, it kind of worked out in terms of foreign policy because they hear all these things about Trump and then Trump shows up and they're like, do not piss this guy off. He will blow up our city. And then he had John Bolton. Now, I, I, I despise this warmonger. And uh, all these people who think the U.S. should be spending the money that, I don't know, could be used on health care, on foreign wars or whatever. But sure, fine, whatever. And uh, Trump said, apparently said this, that when he brought John Bolton with him to these negotiations, the other countries would be like, yeah, like not only is Trump a madman, but John Bolton's like, oh, come on, Trump, let me blow up their country. And Trump's like, now, hold on there, John, let's negotiate first. And then they're like, wait, 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 please. Uh, Long story short. John Bolton scared the crap out of these foreign countries. Okay, you know, I get it. And then Trump fired him and Trump did not have him do these things. So, okay, maybe there was a benefit to having John Bolton. And that's a fair point. These countries see the warmonger, war pig show up and they're like, okay, fine, you win. Please don't blow us up. Here's a story from Fox News. Montana's Republican Senator Steve Dane sent a letter to the Department of Defense demanding answers on the suspected Chinese spy balloon spotted above his state. Now, I got to wonder why uh, Montana did not take action. I mean, certainly Montana as a state has some kind of defensive capabilities, right? Dane sent a late letter to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin on Thursday amid reports of the suspected surveillance balloon over U.S. airspace and Montana airspace. The Montana Republican called the high altitude Chinese balloon a concerning event and told Austin that the fact that this balloon was occupying Montana airspace creates significant concern that Malmstrom Air Force Base, AFB, and the United States Intercontinental Ballistic Missile Fields are the targets of this intelligence gathering mission. Yep. Ground penetrating radar, stuff like that, LIDAR, what could they be using? And not just that. What if they've got a new technology we're not capable, we're not, we're not aware of? And they're using this to gather as much data as possible. And we just let them do it. It's done. It happened. No, no joke. They did it. It happened. As soon as that balloon comes within range, they got it. Shoot it down all you want. It transmitted the data out of there. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. 
you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. That's the scary, th- scary thing about this is that maybe the reason Biden did nothing is he's like, well, they got us. They got everything. I remember I was talking to uh, this journalist. Uh, he went to Syria, a big NBC guy. I'll leave his name out of it. And uh, we, we were talking about him going to Syria. I asked him about sec- we we're talking security. And I said, uh, you, did you bring your cell phone? He goes, yeah. And I was like, you brought your your personal cell phone? He's like, yeah, yeah. Why? And I'm like, just consider that everything on that phone, and this was 10 years ago, is in the hands of the Assad government. As soon as you walked in, they probably cracked right into your phone, downloaded every single bit piece of data on it, and they, they own everything about you. Don't even, don't even bother. These are zero-day exploits, other crazy things. You, don't know, you do not know the capabilities. As soon as your phone entered the range of their communications grid, they took your data. They knew where you were. When I was in Venezuela, this is a crazy story. I ended up leaving and, uh, you know, I leave the country rather abruptly without, without uh, saying much. And it was because people were accusing me of being a spy. Thanks, Occupy. It was Occupy Wall Street activists started spreading rumors that I was a CIA agent or something creepy. And uh, I was just working for Vice. When I got back, I get a fake message on Facebook from a friend of mine I hadn't talked to in a few years. I thought it was real. It said, it said bro, the FBI just contacted me. You need to call me right now. And I was like, What? So I call him, doesn't answer. I call him, he doesn't answer. I call him, he doesn't answer. And I'm like, bro, what the, I text him, answer your phone. I call him, he doesn't answer. A few hours later, he calls me and he's like, dude, what, what's up? And I was like, what's going on with the FBI? He told me to call you. And he's like, no, I didn't. And I'm like, bro, I have on Facebook, you said call you. And he goes, no, I didn't, bro. I haven't talked to you in years. So I screenshot it, sent it to him. He never messaged me. I, Facebook itself got hacked. This is crazy. And I, so I, I was working at Vice at the time. I printed out the message and I put it on a wall as like a souvenir. What we think happened was hackers in Venezuela injected code into Facebook to get a message sent to me or hacked his account. And they wanted me to make a phone call so that if I was still in the country and my phone dialed out to an American number, they would be able to figure out where I was and more, figure out which phone was mine. I'm not so stupid, though. I didn't use my personal cell phone for this. I use burner phones and dummy phones and travel phones and things like that. But this is what I'm talking about. The fact that they broke into an American citizen's Facebook account in, in some strange effort. I don't know what, what, what was going on, but we assume it was Venezuela. Security, we got, I had a pro-security guy do an assessment. He's like, it looks like they injected this into Facebook. Think about what China already did with this spy balloon. The moment it goes within range and can send and receive a signal... They got the data. Quote, it is vital to establish the flight path of this balloon. Any compromised U.S. national security assets and all telecom or IT infrastructure on the ground within the U.S. that the spy balloon was utilizing. As you know, 
Montana plays a vital national security role by housing nuclear missile silos at Malmstrom Air Force Base, the senator continued. Given the increased hostility and destabilization around the globe aimed at the United States and our allies, I am alarmed by the fact that the spy balloon was able to infiltrate the airspace of our country and Montana, he added. Danes told Austin that there is no higher priority for your administration than the safety and security of the American people, and it is imperative that your administration reassure them of this fact at the time. The Pentagon did not immediately respond to Fox News Digital's after hours request for comment. Fair point. It's late at night. Come on. A spokesperson for Senator John Tester, Democrat from Montana, told Fox News Digital that he is monitoring the situation closely and will continue to receive updates from the Department of Defense. On Tuesday, Tester, a third generation farmer, and lead Republican Senator Mike Rounds of South Dakota introduced the Promoting Agriculture Safeguards and Security Act to prevent foreign adversaries like China from buying into the U.S. agricultural industry. Now, let's slow down there a minute. Maybe it's ICBM related. Maybe it's not. Maybe it really is uh, agriculture. Maybe, Maybe the goal is just a general surveillance on what the U.S. is doing. And a lot of people are coming out and they're saying they have spy satellites. What do they need a balloon for? Well, Balloons closer, get, can get a better read. Spy satellites may be able to detect uh, the, visu- the, 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 the visible spectrum. They may be able to zoom in using lenses and start uh, uh, tracking, you know, surface level stuff. But a balloon substantially closer can pick up other signals, intercept a whole lot more. It should have been shot down, man. What is the suspected Chinese spy balloon doing above the U.S.? Says CNN. News of the Pentagon is monitoring it, blah, blah, blah. They're checking the fight, flight path. What's less clear is why Chinese spies would want to use a balloon rather than a satellite to gain information. Well, I just answered that question. That's the point. Maybe they've got a new technology that they're using that needs to be within a certain range to send or receive certain signals. Maybe satellite wouldn't do it. Don't look at me. I don't know, man. They say it is appearing to hang out for a longer period of time this time around and is more persistent than in previous instances it happened before. That would be one distinguishing factor. So China says, you know, this thing has limited maneuverability controls. The U.S. says mm, they're lingering it. They say using balloons as spy platforms goes back to the early days of the Cold War. But with the advent of modern satellite technology enabling the gathering of overflight intelligence data from space, the use of satellite, uh, I'm sorry, of surveillance balloons has been going out of fashion. Recent advances in the miniaturization of electronics means that f- means the floating intelligence platforms may be making a comeback. Balloon payloads can now weigh less, and so the balloons can be smaller, cheaper, and easier to launch. That's the other important thing. Satellites are expensive to put in space. You need a rocket. Easier thing to do is just put a balloon up, let it go, and whoop, there it goes. Blake Herzinger, an expert in Indo-Pacific defense policy, at the American Enterprise Institute said, despite their slow speeds, balloons aren't always easy to spot. They're very low signature and low to zero emission. So hard, uh, so hard to pick up with traditional situational awareness or surveillance technology. And balloons can do some things satellite can't. Satellites can't. Space-based systems are just as good, but they're more predictable in their orbital dynamics. An advantage of balloons is that they can be steered using onboard computers to take advantage of winds, and they can go up and down to a limited degree. This means they can loiter to a limited extent. A satellite can't loiter, and so many are needed to crisscross an area of interest to maintain surveillance. According to Layton, the balloon may be collecting information on U.S. communication systems and radars. 
Yeah. Maybe what they're doing, man, maybe what they're doing is trying to track our communications capability to determine whether uh, our response time in the event they attack. Maybe they're not trying to track us because they're going to attack. They want to know what we what we can do if they attack. I think it has everything to do with Taiwan, to be completely honest. Like, I'm not going to pretend to have any um, in private information or classified information. But considering we're hearing that Taiwan's on high alert and they're scrambling jets and then this happens. But uh, let's wrap it up some fun. Spy balloon witness thought it might have been a star or UFO. Uh, well, I guess quite literally it is a UFO, an unidentified flying object or a star. But uh, I appreciate Reuters running this story. That doesn't matter in the least bit to anyone. Perhaps it could have been a UFO. But this is a lot about what UFOs are. UFOs are probably foreign military technology, spy satellites, balloons, and other tech we're not aware of. What was I? I was, uh, you know, I was talking the other day. What was I talking about? There are a lot of things in the uh, civilian sector that we're all excited about. Jet suits. You see the videos of the guys with the jet suits and they fly up the mountain to rescue someone? I'm kind of just like, I don't know if all that's necessary, to be completely honest. Like, we really want to make an Iron Man suit where you can fly, but they've also got this, uh, this hover bike company, which basically has got two big fans and then four small fans for stabilization. And it's like a motorcycle looking thing, and it's a hover bike. That, that probably, I suppose it would be hard to land, and the, and the benefit of a human wearing the suit is that you can land almost anywhere and then deliver aid, but you can't get the person out. Anyway, look. We see all this fanciful, fantastic technology, and we're like, wow, government's probably had this stuff for 50 years. I saw these videos of, they used to have flying platforms you could stand on. It had a single fan, and it would go up, and it would move forward and backward or whatever, but they didn't have enough fuel, couldn't fly long enough, and ultimately they were like, helicopters are just way better. They had jetpacks back in the day, but they could only fly for like 30 seconds. Now we've got jetpacks that can fly for like a half an hour. That's pretty good. And in the future... Maybe if maybe electricity, you know, right now I think we use jet fuel because the energy output for per, per the weight is, is, a, is a really good ratio, meaning the fuel itself doesn't weigh that much, but can generate a ton of energy for flight. Maybe if we get into solid state battery technology, we can create much more massive energy density, in which case maybe the you can fly better. But it seems like liquid fuels are still probably better for the time being. Anyway, my point is, we think about UFOs, we think about spy balloons. They've probably got stuff that would blow your mind. I don't know about anything like anti-gravity, but I bet they have at the very least drones. You know, we, we, we hear these stories where it was like it was zipping and zigzagging and moving. I'm like, sounds like a drone to me. We see uh, like a quadcopter. Have you ever seen one of those pro helicopters fly and zip around like crazy? Imagine if they had that on a bigger scale. And then you're on a boat and you see all these three lights and they're spinning and zooming around in crazy patterns. It's probably just military tech, man. That simple. You know, I wish it was aliens because, well, I probably not. But like, at least that would be exciting. No, it's probably just modern warfare. This could be it. A precursor to something more serious. But we'll find out when it happens, if it happens. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Brian Cranston and Bill Maher for their podcast discussion, where they were discussing why uh, critical race theory should be taught in schools. Brian Cranston, of course, who doesn't really know anything about it, and it's obvious by his uh, depiction of what it is, says that it's essential 
that we teach critical race theory in schools. That's strange because I was told over and over again they weren't actually teaching it in schools. But uh, sure, here's the news. Laguna Beach ER doctor 58 is sent flying as Lexus driving accountant 39 smashes into his bike and then stabs him to death. Witnesses claim the suspect shouted white privilege slurs. Okay, I don't know what that means, but I saw this story. Uh, I was reading the news and uh, the initial reporting didn't mention the white privilege stuff. What it said was that a car rammed a, a man riding his bike at high speed. There's video of it. It's, it's, it's horrifying. Jumps out of the car and then just proceeds to stab the man repeatedly. Witnesses then subdued the man and he was apprehended. Apparently, there is no known connection between the two individuals. It seemed like a random killing. And, and, and I thought to myself as I read the story, like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, no idea why that would happen. You know, the truth is, my friends, I, I cover, uh, I read a lot of news all day, every day, and I only give you the things that I think are the most important or interesting. There are a lot of stories I typically will read and be like, oh, well, this was one of them. Then an updated report came out that the uh, murderer was screaming uh, the suspect, white privilege slurs. And I said, okay, now we know the motive. The motive is uh, a racist man ran down a white ER doctor and murdered him in a hate crime. I mean, that's the only explanation. You're screaming slurs. And this is one of the reasons why I think critical race theory is evil and wrong. Of course, you get the Martin Bailey. The leftists and the Democrats will say they're not teaching critical race theory in schools. It's college level discourse. It's not. What they're doing is critical race applied principles, as we've often mentioned on Timcast IRL. That is, the application of the praxis or critical race, uh, pra- critical race praxis as opposed to theory. They are actually teaching children to live in a world where they are oppressed by evil oppressors. Well, look, it is true. You can go back in time and look at all the horrible things that were done in this country on the basis of race or with race as a strong basis for why they were doing it. Yeah, that's wrong. Glad that we moved past that. But we're not talking about a world in which one day you flick a switch and then all of a sudden racial tensions are gone. In fact, the only thing we're really seeing from critical race theory is the expansion of racial tensions that I want to go away. But you see, the left, they follow people like Ibram Kendi, whose real name is like Brian, I guess, but he calls himself Ibram X. Kendi. Uh, So anyway, this Brian guy says that the only remedy for past discrimination is present discrimination. And the only remedy for present discrimination is future discrimination or something like that. Basically, these people live and breathe racial tensions and conflict. I think you can understand why I take issue with that coming from my family. uh, I'd prefer it if race wasn't a determinant in how we treated each other. But of course, thanks to the likes of Brian Cranston and other celebrities who push psychotic white supremacist ideology, and and yes, absolutely, critical race theory is white supremacist, then uh, we end up with this. I told you the story, but I'll give you some more of the details and, uh, and, and, and we'll read. Dr. Michael Mamone, 58, was cycling on the PCH, the Pacific Coast Highway in California, when he was run over by a white Lexus, which sped through a red light at an intersection on Wednesday around 3 p.m. The driver of the vehicle, Van Roy Evan Smith, 39, then got out of his car and stabbed the cyclist multiple times in the back with brave bystanders tackling to the ground. Bravo to those bystanders, because so many people often will just ignore this stuff. And this guy had a knife. Witnesses say, and and a gun. 
He was holding a BB gun when he approached Dr. Mamone and was screaming racial slurs about white privilege. Here we go, baby. Shocking video shows the moment Smith, a trained accountant, uh, careered, careened into the cyclist with police claiming the pair were complete strangers. That's right, my friends. In all likelihood, this was a a, a hate crime. I'm not going to show the video, man. It's brutal, you know. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Video shows the Lexus appearing to speed through the intersection, throwing the doctor and bike in the air. Smith, who is described as a black man on his arrest record, can then be seen walking over Dr. Mamone and attacking him again before witnesses drag him away. Orange County Sheriff's Department said investigators were unaware of the slurs and added that there was no known relationship or motive. It is unclear if the doctor was traveling to or from work during the incident, with friends saying he regularly cycled to the hospital as he lived close by. Authorities discovered the doctor laying in the intersection suffering from severe injuries. They recovered a knife at the scene. Despite witnesses claiming they saw a gun of some kind, officials have not confirmed if any firearms were recovered. Well, they said it was a BB gun. Sergeant Michael Woodruff also praised the witnesses. Smith, a father of two, was arrested, has been charged with murder, and is set to appear in court later on Friday. He remains in custody at the Intake Release Center in Orange County. How about we uh, just call it what it is? A hate crime. That's, that's what it is. So I'll tell you why I think stuff like this happens. And uh, I'll tell you that I think it's getting worse. And I'll tell you that uh, I've talked about this for a while. Critical race theory. For those that aren't familiar, uh, you must not watch uh, my videos. But, uh, you know, if you're not familiar, it is coined by Crimley, uh, Crimley, Kimberly Crenshaw in the book Critical Race Theory, where she says that basically Marx, Karl Marx, he's right about the oppressed and the oppressor. But he doesn't understand North American race politics because, you know, in Europe, everybody's kind of white to a certain degree. I mean, there's different ethnicities, but he doesn't understand. He thinks it's if you have money or you don't. Well, that's not necessarily true. Kimberly Crenshaw argues that race is the determinant factor in the oppressed versus the oppressor. And in the U.S., if you're a white person, you are an oppressor. And if you are a non-white person, you are oppressed. That's critical race theory. From there, several scholars then come out and start writing curriculum and creating subsidiary ideologies, intersectional feminism, etc. They then bring these things to schools and talk about white privilege. And they, they have the, uh, there's a book called Not My Idea, which depicts a white hand with a devil tail and goat's feet with the whiteness contract. <clears throat> it talks about how you as a white person are stealing from everyone else. I remember one time I was skateboarding. This is maybe, wow. This has got to be 15 years ago. 15, yeah, maybe, maybe, no, actually, maybe 16, maybe 15 years ago. And uh, this Hispanic guy I knew, just one day, I don't, like we're skating. I'm, I'm doing a kickflip backside tail slide on this little ledge, you know, just getting my, getting my moves in. And he starts complaining about how white people are evil and how they steal everything. It's the only thing they've ever done. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, Bro, we're playing skate, do a nollie flip. And he was just going off. And I'm like, this is creepy stuff, dude. When someone comes to you and starts ranting about how one race is evil, it is 
creepy stuff that leads us to very, very bad places. I don't care if you're talking about white people or black people or Asian people or Jewish people, Latino people. Don't single out people because of the color of their skin or or their or their their fathers and mothers, and then just determine that they're evil. This is critical race theory. I'm going to show you a video. I can't play the video. I can only tell you what it is because it's horrifying. It's going viral right now. Jack Posobiec tweets nine-year-old girl on the school bus in South Florida. I can't show you the video. I'm sorry. I just, you're, you're going to have to watch it if you want to go watch it. Find it on Twitter. Jack Posobiec tweeted it out. It's a nine-year-old white girl being mercilessly beaten by a, uh, two uh, young black boys. And this is what you get with critical race theory. You take a kid and tell him over and over and over again that it's they, it's they, they're the bad guys. And again, I don't care who, who they is supposed to refer to. I don't care if you're talking about white people, black people, Asians, or Jewish people, because everybody, everybody has their group of people that they blame for their problems. And that's why I've often said the, 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 the anti-Semitism, the people who are constantly screaming about Jewish people, no different to me than screaming about white privilege, literally the same thing. Blaming a group of people based on their ethnic background is meaningless. And so they mercilessly beat this child. And I think they're trying to kill her because the dude's just pounding nonstop a nine-year-old. Yo, in, 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 in horrifying circumstances, a single punch to the head could kill someone. I hope you all know that because there are too many stories where like two guys get into a fight. One guy punches the other guy, guy dies. And then he's like, I didn't mean it. I mean, it doesn't matter. You hit him, you killed him. This little girl, man. And the crazy thing, I guess the parents said they filed a complaint about bullying. You know, get your kid out of that school. Are you kidding? They tried to kill her. You know what, man? Our society deserves what it does, what it gets. Look, if you are hearing that your child was mercilessly beaten and like to the point and it's filmed and you can watch it and you're like, well, honey, go back to school tomorrow. We'll file a report. Okay, well, then your kid's going to die. And I'm not trying to be cold. Literally, they tried to kill your kid. Get your kids out of these schools before it's too late with the indoctrination, with the crime, with the chaos. I just say, get your kid out of these schools, man. It's time to homeschool. It's time to leave the cities. It's time to go to the country, buy some chickens, some goats, maybe an alpaca or two, whatever you can handle. Figure out how to farm or whatever. You know, we had a garden, we had a big garden, and we made the mistake of planting all the tomatoes at once. You're supposed to plant them one week at a time so that they don't all ripen at the exact same time, because then we had like 100 tomatoes we couldn't eat. But don't worry, we gave them the chickens. Chickens loved it. It was really great. Once we were done with most of the harvesting, we opened a little door and the chickens all ran out and just started annihilating all what was left of the vegetables and plants that we didn't want, pooping all over the place, telling the land. And then when we did, uh, we did remodeling of the front and concreted over, all that dirt that got scooped up was like, Next spring was bustling with life because of all the uh, chicken crap that was in it. It's funny funny how that works. Anyway, I digress. You know, chickens are awesome. You got to be self-sufficient, man. This is the kind of stuff that's happening in cities. I believe you look at this story and it it is a black racist targeting and killing a random white man for no reason other than his race. I do not want to live in a world where anyone is being attacked based on their race. But that's critical race theory for you. From Fox News, 
Bill Maher, Brian Cranston battle over critical race theory and podcast debate, essential to be teaching. People like Brian Cranston are a good actor, by the way, but very, very dangerous people. They garner influence. Uh, Imagine if I was influential in like, um, I don't know, like nuclear physics, even though I had no idea anything about nuclear physics, the origins, the scientists. I had a cursory understanding like Albert Einstein and Oppenheimer and things like that and Werner von Braun. And uh, then I went to the community and I was like, I think we should take the, the uranium cores and we got to put them in schools. And then people are like, dude, that, that's going to be really bad. I, no, no. Listen, look, I'm a famous talking personality and we need to put uranium cores in schools. People would be like, that's the stupidest thing ever. That's how I feel when they do stuff like this. You've got people like Brian Cranston who have no idea what they're talking about being like, teach people the history. And I'm like, okay, look, that's not what they're doing. They're telling young non-white people that they are being, they're enslaved and oppressed by their white peers. But I assure you, Oprah Winfrey has substantially more power than a homeless white veteran sitting on the ground begging for scraps. But they would tell you otherwise because he's white. He's an oppressor. And so reparations need to be given to people, even if they are worth millions or billions of dollars. Actor Brian Cranston appeared on comedian Bill Maher's Club Random podcast Saturday, where the two began hotly debating whether critical race theory should be taught in schools. It's 400 effing years that we've dealt with this, and our country still has not taken responsibility or accountability, Cranston said. You see, this is why I say he's a dangerous, psychotic individual. If somebody was advocating for putting uranium cores like active critical mass in schools, I'd say you are psychotic. That is dangerous. You are an unwell person. I think um, it says 400 years we've never taken accountability. I don't know. I think like all of the dead people in the Civil War may be that accountability. I think perhaps the war that was fought, not entirely to end slavery for the most part, to stop destruction of this country, but it was rooted in stopping the expansion of slavery. And ultimately it led to the end of slavery. I think maybe like, I don't know, all those dead people was accountability. Imagine your great, great, great grandfather and your great, 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 great uncle died fighting in the civil war. Imagine they were abolitionists who said they would fight to see the the, the horror that is slavery finally ended. And they left with their uh, wives but, but, but a single child each. You grew up in poverty because your struggling great, 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 great grandmother was, had a difficult time raising a child after her husband died in the war. But she made ends meet and she crawled from nothing with no education, doing what she could. And then her child grew up and struggled and had nothing and no education, lived in, in, in the dirt. And today, you, you live in a small trailer in rural West Virginia where you make only a few thousand dollars per year, but it's enough to cover the basic necessities and you struggle. And they tell you, you are the oppressor. It's your fault because you're white and you've not taken accountability. And here you are suffering. Meanwhile, there are other people of similar circumstance who are millionaires. Meanwhile, there are people who are slave owners whose children are in the poorhouse There are people whose ancestors were slave owners who are celebrities. There are people who were enslaved, whose descendants 
go on to become some of the most powerful people in the world. I do not see how at this point, a hundred, hundreds of, a hundred, you know, what is it? 160 some odd years later that we can actually quantify who is owed what based on skin color. One day they're, they're giving out reparations and a white man walks up and says, look at that. My great, 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 great grandmother actually was a slave, married a white man. You know, it was taboo at the time. And then that kid married a white woman who married a white woman who married a white woman. Turns out I'm 132nd or 164th. I got an ancestor who was enslaved. I deserve it. It just doesn't make sense. But this is Brian Cranston for you. When Mark questioned what America needs to take responsibility for, Cranston insisted for the history of the systemic racism that's in this country. He says, well, I mean, for one thing, he says, what can, we, what, can, what can be done? I think critical race theory is essential to be teaching. Mar asked him, well, what do you mean by that? And he says, critical race theory, I mean, it's one of those catch-all terms. If you mean we should honestly teach our past, of course, if you mean more of what the 1619 book says, which is that it's just the essence of America and that we are irredeemable, that's just wrong. Yes, I agree with that, Cranston said. See, that shows you right there, Cranston does not know what he's actually saying. Critical race theory is not teaching the history of racism. We do that. Critical race theory is an ideology. It's a religion. The discussion continued as Cranston claimed there needs to be further action to teach our past and be honest about this country's history. Most schools are doing that, Ma replied. Cranston said in Florida, they want to do away with critical race theory in a lot of other states. Because sometimes it veers off into things that are not really appropriate in schools, Ma said. Ma specifically took issue with introducing ideas about race that are inappropriate for the kids that age who can't understand it and telling five-year-olds that you're either an oppress, oppressor or someone who is oppressed. Cranston ultimately agreed. You see, these are influential people who don't know what they're talking about. He says, OK, so common sense would govern that. Common sense is what's lacking in this country, Mar replied. During the podcast, Mar did agree with the concept of systemic racism, suggesting the Second Amendment has roots in racist state ideology. Quote, it's like, for example, why the Second Amendment really, really has to do with in a country where you are keeping a hostile people in chains. You needed guns to keep the lid on that. So that's a lot to do with why other countries don't have a Second Amendment the way we do. Bill Maher is wrong. The Second Amendment was about the right to keep and bear arms to defend yourself, primarily because they just fought against a government that tried to take away their guns. It explicitly said you can keep guns even, you know, with uh, um, even if you're I forgot what it exactly said, that even if you don't serve in the military, you can keep and bear arms. They did not. They were not thinking about slavery. The issue was they got rid of that because they were like, well, we do have conscription. We may need to conscript people. So maybe we shouldn't say that. People may construe that as to say they could own the weapon and you can't conscript them. No, they thought that conscription was important. And I guess back then, I got to be honest, kind of was. That's the challenge. Man, we in this country don't like the draft. We've had it for a while. We got rid of it. It's still kind of there, but, you know, in stasis. But imagine back then your country gets invaded and they say, you will come help us fight or else. Yeah, the, the, the threat to your existence, it was there. Most of these young men wanted to. And so they did. And that's why we had the Second Amendment. The idea of the founding fathers was that everybody would be armed and you would not need, for the most part, standing armies unless you're in a time of war. And then they would convene the, the army and they would bring the militia out. And you know, that, the, the point was, if everybody had a gun, then nobody could conquer you. They wanted you to be armed and be free. Of course, the woke left and these other crackpots want to spread these ideas that it's really about stopping slaves. While it's true in some places, the police departments were formed as remnants of slave catching patrols. That's true. It's crazy, right? 
basically what happened is they got a bunch of guys together, gave them badges and says, if the slaves escape, go catch them. Then once they started getting rid of it and it started, you know, after the Civil War and stuff, they said, well, this group, they can enforce the laws anyway. But the sheriff and law enforcement typically existed and militia would deal with crimes. Police in general emerged from a practice in Europe, which came over to the United States, which you had a group of people in, small, in an area to enforce the law. You, you typically had like a sheriff and a deputy. They were elected and they would enforce the law. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Now you have appointed and it creates all sorts of problems in my opinion. So I think it should be elected. But look, the gist of this segment is just go back to this story. It's horrifying, man. It's a hate crime. He ran this guy down. And I think the reason he did it was because of critical race theory, because people are being told to believe that they are the oppressed and they must fight back. And it's based on race, not the not. You know what? And it's convenient. You've got people running massive corporations and they don't want anyone fighting them. That's what Occupy Wall Street was going to bring about till it got co-opted by this. Now they're fighting each other in the streets. There you go. That's what they want. The division. It's a sad state of affairs. And I can only imagine it'll get worse. And that video of that little girl being mercilessly beaten is horrifying. Get your kids out of these schools. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I didn't believe it. This story's crazy. Newsweek is reporting it. Tyree Nichols' rumored connection to cop's ex-wife is under investigation. For those that didn't, uh, that didn't see this story, I'll give you the gist. Tyree Nichols, of course, pulled over mercilessly beaten by some awful cops who are who are charged and I believe should be convicted. A lot of people are trying to wonder why it is these cops beat this guy. Now, if you watch the video, you can see Tyree Nichols. He resists arrest. He gets up and runs. They then grab him, pin him down, pepper spray him and then beat him, pick him up and then start beating him more. They kick him while he's, while he's down, mercilessly beating this guy. Now, I, I said, and uh, much to the anger of these leftists, that like, don't resist. You're not going to win a fight with five guys. Your best course of action is, yes, it may be unjust and it sucks, but you've got to think tactically and strategically. And that is winning the courts if you can. So I don't know what would happen, but I, I bet he would not be dead if, if he didn't resist. However, that's what I said, but that may not be the case now. The reason Tyree Nichols may have actually tried to run is he knew who he was running from. The rumor was he was hooking up with one of those cops ex-wives. And that guy did not appreciate that. And so Tyree Nichols knew that's what was going on and was like, I better get out of here before they mercilessly beat me to death. So it was a rumor and everybody was talking about it. But I'm like, I don't know, man, just seems like it doesn't seem like the case. They're investigating it. There's actually a reason for them to start looking into this, which is really interesting. Newsweek is reporting the Memphis Police Department is currently investigating rumors regarding a possible connection between Tyree Nichols and the ex-wife or ex-girlfriend of one of the Memphis cops arrested and charged Nichols death. No, this could be that the cop was like, that's the dude. They tracked him down and they beat him to death. Certainly wouldn't be a racist issue thing. And Wednesday morning, Newsweek asked the Shelby County District Attorney's Office 
If it is investigating possible rumors connecting Nichols to the ex-girlfriend or wife of former Memphis cop Demetrius Haley. Additionally, Newsweek asked about rumors that Haley sent photos of Nichols to his ex-wife following the violent arrest of the 29-year-old black man. All of this is still under investigation. Those are the things, along with the participation of others, that are now the subject of our investigation. Whoa, what? So hold on. Newsweek actually dug some stuff up. Check this out. Rumors that Haley sent photos of Nichols to his ex-wife. This is why they think that may be the case. Haley, one of the cops who mercilessly beats Tyree Nichols, took pictures of him, sends it to his ex. Wow, that's crazy. The spokesperson for the Shelby County DA's office told Newsweek, Erica Williams, the director of communications at the Shelby County District Attorney's office, clarified to Newsweek, the rumors about Nichols having a connection to that woman have not been confirmed. I'm, I'm, I'm saying we don't know for sure, but this may be the case. We know there have been questions about the officers and fire department personnel on the scene, persons remotely operating cameras, the potential of false reporting, among other things. We are now at the stage of our investigation where we are looking into all of these matters. At this time, none of those accusations are confirmed. However, nothing is off the table as this is a very active investigation and still early in the investigation. Look, I think that means they found something to suggest it may be true. Not that it is, because if this was wild Internet rumors, they'd come out and say, no, 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 no. That is not a part of our investigation, that this is a traffic stop. I mean, maybe what they're looking at is if this turns into interpersonal beef, then you got the story of a murder and they can get some heat off their backs. We'll see, though. Last week, five Memphis police officers were charged in the death of Nichols, who died from injuries following a traffic stop in the Hickory Hills neighborhood. So so we know all this. Some context is uh, it was uh, the five officers. They named them. They were charged with one count of second degree murder, aggravated assault, aggravated kidnapping, official misconduct and official oppression. The officers executed a traffic stop of Nichols on January 7th, and he was hospitalized shortly afterward with critical injuries. On January 10th, doctors pronounced him deceased. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation said in a statement, following the death of Nichols, rumors circulated on social media that there was a connection between the ex-girlfriend or wife of Haley and Nichols. Breaking news. I am being told that Tyree Nichols was in a relationship with and worked at a Memphis FedEx with Memphis police Demetrius Haley's ex-girlfriend and baby mama. After the beating, Officer Haley took took pictures of Tyree Nichols face and sent it to his baby mama. Actor Sir Major wrote on Twitter. Newsweek previously conducted a fact check surrounding the claim and rated it unverified due to a lack of evidence. Additionally, Facebook user John Best said that he recently spoke with Nichols' parents, who said the rumor was not true. Take that into consideration as well. After the introduction, I asked them any messages that they want me to send to the community, and Pop said yes. And with a stern and firm tone, he said, squash that rumor about our son dating one of those officers' wives. Please squash that rumor that is not true. Now, here's the deal. The police department stands to gain if the rumor is true. Right now, they're saying your cops are bad cops. You did this. If the police department or the DA can come out and be like, actually, this had nothing to do with police. It was two guys beefing over a woman. They can try and absolve themselves of of some responsibility. That being said, for the family, if that is is true, it makes their claim against the police department lesser. I don't think any of it matters, to be honest. I, I, I don't think... Look, the police are going to be held responsible for this, and they need to be. The video is absolutely brutal. And I think when it comes to any kind of lawsuit, the police are going to be in trouble because they're going to say you had four other cops on scene. 
That was the police department. Even if it was this guy was dating this girl's girlfriend, our wife, why did they not stop it? Why did they participate? And if they're all in on it, then why is the police department allowing these dudes, you know, they got to take responsibility for what that badge represents. They say in a tweet Wednesday afternoon, Alex Capri, uh, how do you pronounce that? Capra Raylo wrote, claims that Tyree Nichols was in a relationship with the ex-partner of Officer Demetrius and Haley, and that Nichols was targeted because of it. A spokesperson for Nichols' family says they have no evidence to support that rumor. That doesn't mean a whole lot, man. They said Newsweek reached out to Nichols' family attorney, Ben Crump, for comment. And this was updated on February 1st at 5 p.m. The story was updated with new information from the Shelby County District Attorney's Office and further context from Nichols' family. If it turns out to have been a lover's quarrel, it changes everything. And it is it is apocalyptically bad news for the activists who are trying to blame policing in general. I did a segment talking and, and I'll say it again for the Young Turks. We're going to make a fake video about this. I am not saying it's true. I'm saying the DA said they're investigating it. That's all. It could very well be fake. I don't know the probability. And now I'm going to opine on what it may mean if it is or isn't true. Hey, how about that one? You see, they did a video where they were claiming that it was racist and brain brain dead for me to say that um, because the Memphis Police Department was struggling with funding, that they lowered their standards because they were desperate for cops and then they got bad cops and two of the five cops were brought on when standards were dropped. How is that racist? What does that have to do with race? It's the only thing they have to actually make, uh, the only thing they can say everything they fall back to. AOC, when talking about Ilhan Omar, is like, oh, removing her from one committee, and she's still on others, is racism targeting women of color. Because these people are one-dimensional comic book villains, or I should say they're comic book henchmen. They don't have any original ideas. The only argument they can come up with is, it must be racism. That's why I say, maybe, to a story like this. Because I'm willing to entertain all possibilities. I'm certainly willing to entertain that there are money grubbing race grifters who are trying to jump on this story, despite the fact it was five black cops who beat a black man to death. Bad thing. Bad cops. Not a race thing. Yet you still get, was it Van Jones on CNN saying it is racism. And then I see these leftists and they're like, the right can talk about self-hating male feminists, but they can't understand self-hating black cops. And it's like, bro, those are completely different things. I don't think that male feminists hate men, and I don't think that black cops hate black people, and I don't, I, it just, it's, it's, that's not the argument. They're trying to argue, I guess now, that male feminists are misandrists, and that's why they're feminists. Is that what you're saying? Because that's, that's a ridiculous argument. No. I certainly think it's possible for people to be racist. I'm cer- I certainly think it's possible for people to be self-hating. Or I guess in that in that regards, like you can be a white person who hates white people. There's tons of white people on the left who hate white people. And you can be a male feminist who hates males. But I, I, I don't care if that's your motivation. I care if your argument is right or wrong. I care if the circumstances and the outcome are good or bad. In this circumstance, we have a bad outcome. So why is it that I can do a video and I'm like, hey, it's really bad these cops did this. And this is what happens when you defund police, you get bad cops and they're still mad at me. No matter what you say to the psychotic death cult of the left, and not every leftist, I'm saying, just the death cult itself, they will tell you you're wrong. They could come out and be like, the sky is blue. And you'll be like, you know what? You actually kind of, kind of is. And they'll be like, I can't believe it. No, you're so dumb. Oh, I wasn't. No. That's what happens. I'm not interested. Let's see if the story is true. It changes everything.
We'll see. Maybe it's not. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. An exciting new update for the family, for your kids who are playing The Sims. The Sims 4 update adds top surgery scars, binders, hearing aids, and more. It's an exciting addition for transgender and disabled fans. And uh, my initial response is really, I, I, I honestly don't care. Like, you can put dragons or whatever you want in these games. I don't care if you're doing a female who surgically uh, removed her breasts or a male who hormonally uh, grew breasts or an androgynous individual that you can't tell. I don't know. What I, I, a lot of people, I guess, are talking about this and they're upset about it or something. But my, my attitude, honestly, is like, literally don't care. I will say it's what I want to point out with this story and why, why I'm talking about it is that there clearly is a religion, a, a some kind of non-theistic religion that results in things like this happening. Because I got to be honest, there's not really enough trans people to warrant a market share drive for why they would do this. There's not a large enough market share drive, even among leftists, to, to do this. That is to say, as a business seeking to increase your revenue streams, there is no reason to invest the money on this. Perhaps they're hoping to generate press. I don't know. But whatever. Honestly, don't really care. I do have a video I want to show you that makes the argument as to why they shouldn't, which is interesting. A trans person argues that there's very few trans people anyway, so why is everybody mad? And it's like, Okay, well, that actually makes the inverse point. But first, let me give you the update news. The Sims 4 has released a free update that adds top surgery scars, binders, and shapewear, and medical wearables to the base game. It's a great step forward for the game's inclusivity that has disabled and transgender fans rejoicing. Added in today's new patch, Sims 4 Create a Sim character creator now offers a top surgery scar found in the body category's new body scars sub- what is it? Subcategory. Players can add the top surgery scar to any male Sims aged teen or older. Teen. For real? So you're talking about 13 year olds with top surgery scars? You see where they're going with this. Regardless of if their base body model is masculine or feminine. Top surgery scars indicate the person has undergone surgery to remove their breasts. They're normalizing it. So look, I'll put it this way. That I do take issue with. If a company wants to roll this stuff out, I kind of roll my eyes. If you're trying to influence children, that's where things get worrying. And this is why I talk about why we have to fight the culture war as often as I do. Why I want a physical location to sell coffee and play videos. Become a member at TimCast.com. I'll tell you why. Here's what we're doing. It's not just about what you get from the members only section. It's that we're opening a coffee shop. When you walk in, there's going to be TVs and they're going to be playing videos like this. They're going to be playing shows like uh, Crowder. They're going to be playing uh, Ben Shapiro and other people like that. Viva and Barnes. So that regular people get exposed to this sector of culture and the culture war. The reason they're doing this, I think, is that they are are ideological zealots and they are religious. There's not a large enough market share to warrant doing things like this. So let let me show you this video. I don't know uh, how old this video is. It may be very old, but it's, it's making the rounds now. It's got 240,000 views, 600,000 impressions. Let me play this clip for you. Oh, let me. I always, I always have the audio wrong. I got to set the audio properly. Apologies, apologies. For good reason. There are good men and there are predatory men. We should not allow trans into female spaces. So, so you're trans there are good trans, trans and there are predatory trans. And that's a fact. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Women have to be safe. Yeah. Women and children have to be safe. So, 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 for example, a transgender woman who has lived as a woman for many years, who may have had surgery, for example... To all intents, as far as anyone considers herself a woman and looks like a woman, mm -hmm. she shouldn't be allowed in a women's own no. space. No. How do you know? There's nothing on their head to say whether they're predatory or not. But, but, the but, same as you, a man. How do you know by looking at a man if he's predatory or not? But would, would you, you say that? I want to pause and say, actually, that's a really bad argument. You can't just be like, we're banning all men from, from public spaces because some are predatory or not. But it is a fair point that she's saying women's only spaces that exist for women because you can't tell if someone's predator or not, you don't let men come in there. So that I do understand. A lesbian, for instance, a predatory lesbian, and you would want to check their history. Because what you've just said there, effectively, is that trans women are men and should be treated well, as men. Well, in my opinion, they so, still are men. So I would go in a, in a male jail, well, looking I, as I do, and just take my chances. And what that would be my fault for looking like this. Well, I just want to point out in that regard, too. Um, yeah. There are five foot three effeminate men who have been going to male prisons since prisons existed. Why? I, you know, what do you, what do we do about that? Perhaps the simple solution is, well, I think we need prison reform, but maybe uh, trans prisons or something like that. In my opinion, you can't change sex. That's my opinion. You can't change sex. You may, you may, you can live your life how you like. Mm. It, and I wish you no harm. But you yeah, can't it's, it's biologically not, it's not change sex. You know, I'm biological. I'm a woman. I didn't uh, choose to be trans. This is how I was born. All I've done is align my body with how I feel. So I have a, a, a reasonable life. And most trans people, as I say, there's hardly any of us around anyway. We lead normal lives. You're actually talking about four trans prisoners. Well, in, me, in a and she says there's hardly any of us around anyway. OK, then why this update to a major video game franchise? Who does this cater to? Very, very, very few people. So again, I don't care if a company wants to do it. I do care if, you know, we're in the culture war and they're trying to influence children with these ideas and, you know, get more people to surgically modify their bodies in ways that many may actually come to regret. That's, that's scary. Not all, not all. But uh, that's, that's the uh, disconcerting thing. The important thing to point out here is this is for religious reasons. And it is a religion. I, I don't care what the left wants to say and argue. They're lying. It is a non-theistic religion. It is a cult. And it's causing people to sterilize their kids and cause physical harm to themselves. And if you're around, why do I have to change? Why do what, why, why does exactly. society have to change? Be because we're a civilized society and you do change. I could have had the, heard this conversation in the 1970s about black people or in the 1980s about oh, gay people. You're the booze. You're the booze. There's a big difference between talking about, I don't know, billions of people around the world and what you said is a very small group of people. Now, that being said, ultimately, my point here is that as a business decision, no. As an ideological decision, yes, that's why they're doing it. 
Now, I, I, I think as to the, the reason I wanted to highlight that video clip as it's going around is because that woman, that trans woman actually made the point that there's very, very few trans people. And that kind of exemplifies what I'm talking about. Now, as for her statement about if this was the 1970s, we could talk about black people or whatever. It's like, it, it's not a one for one argument. We're talking about quite literally massive communities of people. If you're making the argument that there's very few people, so society should change for very few people. I, it, the, look, morality is not black and white. And I've talked about this with the parental rights and education bill. When should the government have the right to determine that a parent is being abusive? If a parent is saying, I don't want to give my kid the vaccine, can the government say, well, now you're being abusive, so we're coming at, well, of course not. The parents have the choice. What if the school is trying to, you know, uh, trans, uh, 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 give trans ideology to these kids, resulting in them, you know, them being affirmed or whatever by the school? Can the government say it, that's abuse? When does the government get to say it is or isn't? The reality is it's based on your subjective morals, what we think is appropriate. You and I would probably argue it's inappropriate for schools to tell kids that they're the opposite gender. The left argues the inverse. My point is morality is not one for one. That is to say, when it comes to arguments about constitutional rights, we want to afford them to everybody. But with the issue of this trans woman and the argument here, we are not talking about universal rights because you have those. If you're a trans person and you want to go eat somewhere, they can't borrow you. Okay, we agree on that. However, when we're talking about placing a male in a female prison, now you're talking about infringing someone else's rights. That's the question. Should females be in the same prison as males, regardless of trans status? For the most part, we say no, and that's to protect the rights of the females. But that also means there are interesting questions that come up with this. And that's why I'm like, I don't think the solution is to put a trans woman in a male prison. But we got to figure something out. And maybe the issue is the prison system doesn't work as it is. You know, so, so figure something else out. And maybe it's also, look, if you commit crimes, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how you think or how you feel. We are removing you from society because you are a danger to it. Now, if you, if, if there's an individual who is trans, knowing the rules, don't commit the crimes. Nobody wants to go to prison. No prison is safe. A woman isn't safe in a women's prison. A man's not safe in a men's prison. Now, you can argue that trans people are less safe than, uh, than you know, non-trans people. But the argument is still, don't commit the crimes and don't go to prison. Sometimes innocent people go to prison. I get it. That's, 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 that's an issue. But um, I don't know. I'll leave it there. Let, let, let me just put it this way. The disconcerting thing with this update to The Sims is that it is the expansion of the cult. I don't care what they do and, and who they pander to, but this we need to make sure we are pushing back culturally and building cultural things. So if you want to help us, you can become a member at TimCast.com. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in just a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. Sarah Michelle Geller is shocked that people want male superheroes, saying, quote, it's a very backwards way of thinking. It's like these people don't understand that men and women are different and do different things. Like, let me just let me just say this, okay, to trigger all the feminists right as we get started. Um, men tend not to cry. Women tend to cry. And don't ask me why. That's just the way it is. Okay. I was reading about this. Men cry on average once a year. Women cry on average once a month. I don't know if that statistic is true. I can only tell you I can't remember the last time I cried. Maybe it was I was tearing up doing a YouTube video talking about a friend who betrayed me. But uh, I wouldn't say I bawled my eyes out. But I'll, I'll, I'll definitely say, like, maybe once a year does make sense for a dude. I don't know. I don't really have anything to cry about. 
But uh, I see women cry all the time. I got no issue with crying. I, I don't think cr- crying is a problem. People can cry if they feel like crying, male or female. But I'm pointing this out simply to say, maybe there is something different about biological males and females, which results in both of them wanting to see male superheroes. Maybe it's that women like watching men save the day and be strong and men aspire to be strong and save the day. Now, I think you can do female superheroes just fine. I actually think uh, Hunger Games did a female action lead very well. I think Wonder Woman did a great job. 1984, Wonder Woman was kind of like, meh, or whatever. It's a bummer, too, because I loved the trailer with, um, you know, Blue Monday orchestral. And I guess they tried to make it like Donald Trump versus Wonder Woman. You're nuts. Please don't do that. Here we go. Sarah Michelle Gellar claims female-led Marvel, Marvel films face heavy criticism because audiences only want male superheroes. Dude, no. Captain Marvel was a bad movie. And I love Marvel. It's, it's I, I swear, you know, look, Guardians of the Galaxy can add a bunch of female characters and they're great. And Gamora is praised by fans and people can love Black Widow. Black Widow is also kind of corny, but it wasn't that bad. But how about this? Captain Marvel just sucked. It was just not a good movie. It was cringe. The argument, like, he's like, control your emotions. And she's like, oh, I'm so angry that a man is telling me to control my- Who cares? You know, come on. And then you add Lady Thor. Dude, the problem with this movie is it didn't make any sense. Like, she gets cancer and then she becomes Thor and, like, the hammer comes back together for some reason. And then Thor was silly and... What? That's why they're dumb. Because they're dumb. But she's like, well, the only thing, it must be because it's women. In the latest instance of celebrity blaming fans for the failings of a multi-million dollar entertainment franchise, rather than giving even the slightest consideration to the fact the studios themselves may be responsible for their own problems, actress Sarah Michelle Gellar has claimed that the heavy criticism leveled at female-led Marvel projects stems not from issues of their quality, but rather audiences' own inability to accept non-male superheroes. Ugh. Here we go. Oh, she's in Wolfpack. The Buffy the Vampire Slayer star offered her opinion on the topic of gendered superhero criticism during a recent interview. And you know what is just so delicious about Sarah Michelle Gellar saying this? Dude, she was Buffy. People loved Buffy. It was on the air for a long time. I like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was a fun show and she did a good job. And what's your problem? You were a female-led superhero. You were the vampire slayer, and they were vampires you were hooking up with, and there was magic and witches and wizards and whatever, and goblins and demons. And that show was on the air for a long time. Amazing, really. Now, they don't like women. Dude, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a movie that did so well, they gave it a spinoff. I'm so sick of this, this whiny whinging from people who succeeded and then complain about it. The Buffy the Vampire Slayer star offered her opinion on the topic of gendered superhero criticism during a recent interview given to UK news outlet The Guardian, given in promotion for her new super, supernatural young adult drama, Wolfpack. Ooh, Wolfpack. At one point, reflecting on her time as the titular Slayer, Geller opined that the scheduling conflicts with her role as the series lead led her to turn down a number of potential roles in films that would go on to great success, such as Fight Club or Gangs of New York. Wow, Fight Club? Ooh, was she going to be Marla? Crazy. She was both proud to have made a great television show. Uh, she, she, uh, she was both proud to have made a great television show. I think there's a sentence missing there. My mom was a single mother working just above the poverty line. 
And I got to travel the world and see things that would never have been afforded to me. Great. Said the actress before admitting that despite the temporary career burnout it caused her in recent years from which she is now returning, I love what I do, which is work, work, work. Speaking to her own career success and how it stemmed from her performances in horror and horror adjacent films, uh, hits, not only Buffy, but also I Know What You Did Last Summer, Cruel Intentions, and the live action Scooby-Doo duology, Geller then posited that genre is where women can really succeed and hold an audience. That is, however, safe for films in the superhero genre, which the actress argued would be unfairly excoriated if they focused on a female hero, which makes no sense. Look, I don't see a difference between Buffy and Captain America. Captain America's a super soldier. He's just really strong. Yeah. And, and, and he fights for America or whatever. He's a good guy. Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a female. She's a superhero. She's the slayer. She's the chosen one. What's the difference? It's a superhero show. The difference is that like, there's vampires in one, not the other. It's just a ridiculous argument. Turning her, atten- her, her attentions to the current kingpin of spandex tights-heavy films, Geller lamented every time a Marvel movie tries to do a female cast, it just gets torn apart. It's cringe. In, in Avengers Endgame, they did that scene where all the women start walking forward. The, the theater that I was in, it was in uh, Eastern, Mar- it was like Central Maryland, I think. The whole crowd groaned, oh, when they did that. Like, dude, we get it. Come on, man. You don't, like, that's the thing. All the Avengers come out, and they do the scene where, like, the women are walking forward, and it's like, she's not alone. We're all women. Yeah, that's so cringy. Nobody cares. Be a hero. That's the problem. The problem, I think, is that superheroes in movies tend to have male leads. And then what ends up happening is, to counter that, they go, we should do a girl power thing where when the woman takes the lead, we tell everyone and make sure we beat them over the head and make sure they know it's women who are doing it. They don't do that with men. Imagine if it was like a bunch of guys walked up and they went, the boys are here. Yeah. And then they like ran forward and high fived. People would be like, yo, that's the cringiest thing I've ever seen. This is what they do with women. That's why it's cringy. And they write bad movies because like with Captain Marvel, they tried making it about this female experience, I guess, where it's like in the beginning she's fighting and then she uses her powers to blast Jude Law. And he's like, control your emotions. You're so emotional. And it's like, okay, we get it. She's a woman and you're calling her emotional. Congratulations on making bad movies. Here she goes. She says, unfortunately, audiences weren't as accepting. There's still this mentality of the male superhero. This is very backwards way of thinking. It's just not true. Oh, look, here's Captain Marvel. They say it should be noted that in reality, as mentioned above, the issues fans took with Marvel's female-led endeavors had nothing to do with the gender of its leads, but rather the quality of the stories and cinematography. For example... The typically raised smoking gun example of fan supposed anti-female fervor, Captain Marvel, is generally accepted by its critics to be a fine, if not standard, superhero origin tale. Instead, fans were put off by the fact that not only was, was Marvel trying to force audiences to treat Carol Danvers with the same reverence as Captain America or Spider-Man, but that its lead actress responded to critics of the cynical attempt at artificial relevance by pomp- pompously writing them off as bigots. And... In interviews, she came off as angry, whiny, egotistical, and just awful. There was an interview with her and like Don Cheadle and Chris, and, uh, Chris Hemsworth, I think. And it was supposed to be like playful banter about how she was stronger than Thor. But everybody was cringing at being around her. She just came off as a really, really awful person. And didn't, she didn't know how to socially interact with people. Then there's Black Widow a film which most audience has been had been clamoring for since her proper superhero debut in the first Avengers film. I had been cheering for a Black Widow film, and then they did it poorly. The outlook 
towards a Natasha solo adventure only soured when the film finally came to fruition and was found to be filled with backstory ruining quips. Why does Yelena treat the forced hysterectomies forced upon the Red Room recruits with such levity when her sister could barely bring herself to talk about it with Bruce in Age of Ultron? An embarrassingly poor C- and embarrassingly poor CGI. Yo. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It should have been like Winter Soldier. It should have been mostly just political thriller in the United States. Instead, they do this side movie that just wasn't that good. But, but I got to admit, it wasn't that bad. I don't think it was like an F. C minus at best. I like Black Widow and Scarlett Johansson's pretty awesome. Audiences rejected the film not because it focused on women, but because after years of anticipation, what they got was perhaps the laziest and most Marvel Studios movie of the entire franchise. The same strain of bait and switch inspired frustration also serves to explain why audiences who for so long had hoped to see the former Sorcerer Supreme used to his full visual and horror potential as a magic-based character, had no love for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. After leaving fans abuzz with what may have, what many had argued are both the best MCU climaxes and post-credit scenes in the good Doctor's first solo outing, Marvel decided to do a full 180 and use his sequel to offer some sort of vindication to Wanda Maximoff's post-WandaVision heel turn. Yeah, seriously. I was really disappointed with Multiverse of Madness. I mean, I love Doctor Strange, but it was just like, come on, man, what are you doing? First of all, Wanda shouldn't, shouldn't have been a villain. She was the villain in WandaVision. They ruined the character, and then everyone's surprised people don't like these characters. It's bad writing. The fans only disliked the film and did not at this point immediately and entirely abandon the franchise in is nothing, the fact, uh, okay, you need to write this. It's nothing short of a miracle. Look, then we get Thor, okay? Then we get Thor. It made no sense why, why Natalie Portman became Thor. It was just silly and forced. And then all of a sudden, Thor, who's acting like a moron the whole time and dating his weapons, it was just cringy. You know what should have happened? Spoiler alert. I'll tell you what my issues are with this. First of all, that was cringy. But then I'll say this. In the end, you have, um, I even forgot the guy's name, the bad guy. He's wielding the, that dark sword or whatever, and he wants to destroy, he wants to kill all gods because his daughter died and the gods mocked him. Finally, in the end, he's about to wish to eternity, a celestial being, to wipe out all the gods. And Thor's like, don't do it. Think about your daughter. And then he's like, oh, I wish for my daughter. Let me fix the whole movie out right. Let me, let me fix that movie for you, and I'll make it better. Thor, Chris Hemsworth, returns to Midgard, Earth, and decides to seek out, or how about this? She's a famous scientist, and he hears that she's terminally ill. So he decides to go see her one last time because he always loved her. He then talks to her, and then when they embrace or whatever, part of his power goes to her, and she feels invigorated. He then decides to bring her to Mjolnir, and then use power or whatever, and then it transfers some to her, and then all of a sudden she's like, what's happening? And she feels powerful, and he's like, maybe it's helping. Let's do more of this. Then you have the God Killer, and how about this? In the end, so that's the origin for why she's Lady Thor, not some mystical. She has showed up, and then all of a sudden she's like, "Oh, and I'm Thor." Give it a reason why Thor gives her the powers, and then jokingly refers to her as as a Thor. And then in the end, here's how you solve the movie's ending: 
when Chris Hemsworth ultimately loses, when Thor loses, and whatever the guy's name, I forget, goes to eternity. And then Thor is like, don't do it. He turns and and says, you never knew and you never understood why I wanted so bad to meet eternity. And then he turns and wishes his daughter back to life. And then the revelation for the film is that he never cared about the gods. He never held a grudge. He just needed the power of Stormbreaker to get his daughter back. And it would have been a tremendously epic ending, in my opinion. Thor having lost the battle against the god killer or whatever, and thinking that this guy wanted to wipe out the gods, ultimately, this guy just wanted his daughter back and his only wish was for that. And then he relates to Jane Foster and how the only thing he wanted was to keep her alive, but the hammer was killing her and then she dies. They could have done a movie way better. Instead, everyone's pan- panning it because it's a bad movie. Okay, I'm going to rant- be done ranting on this. I'll leave it there. Whatever. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. It's going to be a special episode tonight, so check it out. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.